0: Hello, and thank you for joining me for Genesis chapter 12. Now Yahweh said to Abram, Leave your country and your relatives and your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as Yahweh had told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai his wife, Lot his brother's son, all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they went to go into the land of Canaan. They entered into the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah, the Canaanites were in the land then. Yahweh appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your offspring. He built an altar there to Yahweh who had appeared to him. He left from there to go to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to Yahweh and called on Yahweh's name. Abram travelled, still going on towards the south. There was a famine in the land. Abram went down into Egypt to live as a foreigner there, for the famine was severe in the land. When he had come near to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai his wife, See now, I know that you are a beautiful woman to look at. It will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is my wife, and they will kill me, And they will save you alive. Please say that you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that my soul may live because of you. When Abram had come into Egypt, Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. He dealt well with Abram for her sake. He had sheep, cattle, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Yahweh afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister, so that I took her to be my wife? Now therefore, see your wife... Take her and go your way. Pharaoh commanded men concerning him, and they escorted him away with his wife and all that he had. This chapter starts with God calling Abram to leave, to take a step of faith, and to go to a land that would be shown. And Abram was told that all families on earth would be blessed because of him. This translation said families. Other translations say all nations on earth will be blessed. And in the Hebrew language, the word is goi, which is often, and in other places, translated all Gentiles. Figure that. Through Abraham, all the Gentiles would be blessed. In other words, all people. So that's a great, great little thing right there. The the calling of the Jews through their father Abraham was not just for the Jews, but for all people. And I'm so thankful for that because that includes us. Now, Abraham has given a test of his faith. He doesn't have a Bible to read. He doesn't have any pastor to instruct him. He doesn't have any, there's no historical precedent for how you ought to live, and God's not visible. So God calls him and asks him to leave, but he's got nothing to go on but just trusting God. So it's a great test. It's a test of faith. And he didn't even know where he was going. God hadn't shown him yet. And um, later in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, it says that Abraham, by faith, was looking for a city not made with hands. In other words, a city that God had made. Now, Abraham quite possibly thought this was an actual physical place. We have now learned that the city of God is us. It's the church. It's the joining of our lives together. It's a non-physical city, a city not made with hands. But Abraham didn't know that. But in the process of him going to obey the Lord, this was the beginning of the city. He was actually a part of it and didn't even know. But the land the Lord was to show him was a real place, and he ended up coming to that place in time. Now, the world back then was not at all like the world we know now. To travel was dangerous. And, um, in fact, most people didn't travel a great deal um, because... uh, you know, we've all heard stories of the Wild West in the United States. Going West, there was no law. You, you had to take great risks. There were not only Indian tribes that would attack, but there were also, you know, white rogue cowboys and, and towns with no sheriffs and all sorts of things happened in the Wild West. Well, not only was, was there the Wild West in our modern era, but this whole world was like the Wild West, but even worse. Uh, There's a saying, might is right. In other words, what people decided to do whatever they wanted, whatever they could do with their own strength and get away with it, they would do it. And so for Abraham to travel meant going to different places that he'd never been before, encountering people he didn't know how they were going to act, going through the lands and territories of people who may think various things. It was a a dangerous decision to take. But Abraham trusted the Lord and off he went. Later on in, in history, when the Romans had conquered a huge, big area, they established the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, and they built roads. Well, see, that made the world reasonably safe to travel, and it meant that Paul was able to, to travel all over the Roman world preaching. But we're talking here a lot, a lot earlier than that, and the world wasn't safe to travel. There were no roads. So it was, um, it was a much more challenging process. And, of course, Abraham had a lot of people with him. He wasn't just an individual with a few people. So it was a big task, relocating such a big group. Abraham, of course, gets down to Egypt in the end of this chapter, and Pharaoh takes his wife. When we read ancient documents, we find that fighting over women was very, very common. And Abraham's reasons for concern were very, very genuine. Even just in recent times, I was reading a story of... um, some Aboriginal tribes here in Australia about 200 years ago in the early 1800s. A man had been um, somehow ended up being uh, caught up amongst them and lived with them for 32 years, a man called William Buckley and he wrote a story of these tribes and how they treated one another and they were constantly killing and fighting and attacking even eating each other. But one of the, the the constant source of their battles was fighting over women. And so you've got some culture there that's, that doesn't have the law of the Lord in it. And that, that little illustration from, from cultural Aboriginal cultural life, well, that was the, that's the experience of all tribes and cultures in the earth before the law of the Lord. And we've got, that's the same in ancient times with Abraham. As he traveled, he was very concerned. He had a beautiful wife. He was concerned that he would be killed for her. So it sounds a story like this sounds a little bit like he didn't care for his wife, but we we can hardly imagine the scene and the the scenario and the culture of the time. The world was a very, very different place. So he told a lie to protect himself, and his wife agreed to do it. She loved him and she wanted him to be protected as well. She didn't want her husband to be killed. And so some people would wonder: well, was that the right thing to do? Should Abraham have told that lie? Well, I guess technically we would say, no, that that was wrong. He shouldn't have told a lie. But there's a few things that can temper that thought just a little. And One is that, of course, the Ten Commandments hadn't come yet. So he was just living according to what he thought was best. And um, he was doing it for a good reason, to preserve uh, his life. And, and his wife wanted his life preserved as well. But one of the dangers we we have as as people is that as time has gone on, and the gospel has had an effect on society, We, you know, our sense of ethics and morals have greatly improved. So now, even people who are not Christians live with a much higher standard of ethics than people a long, long time ago who were believers. And so there are now people who who probably live at at a good standard of life, even though they don't believe in the Lord, but that's the effect of the gospel on society. And it's easy to look back and judge people for their behavior with, with you know, our moral stance that we have now, but we forget that we've had thousands of years of development and understanding, and of course the revelation of Christ, Jesus has come along, and all of these things Abraham Abram didn't have. So we must resist the temptation to judge, and instead just try to put ourselves in the position and understand, yeah, it wasn't right to tell a lie, but at the same time, it gives us a great insight into culture and society, and we can see as a result that the gospel's done a great work in all these years to follow. What can we learn from this chapter? Well, we can learn that not only does God call, not only did God call Abraham and ask him to follow, but God calls you and asks you to follow too. We're all called to follow the Lord, and the Lord calls us to follow him to places we haven't seen. And not only does God call, did God call Abraham to be a blessing to others but God calls you and me we are to be a blessing to others and so we are to follow the example of Abraham we are to put our trust and faith in the Lord and we are to go and in doing so we will place ourselves in the hands of God and there is no better place than that so father I ask that you would give to us the faith of Abram the faith of Abraham I pray it would be embedded in our hearts I pray that you would guide us in righteousness, help us to walk and follow you and come into the place that you have chosen for us. And Lord, we thank you for Abram and these stories in Scripture, and I pray that they would always be a source of inspiration and truth for us. In the name of Jesus.